This episode is brought to you by FastBitcoins.com. FastBitcoins.com allows you to buy Bitcoin easily and safely in physical locations in the UK, Canada, and Estonia, and they're expanding quickly. They are the world's first cash-to-lightning exchange, delivering your Bitcoins right over the Lightning Network. They also have integrations with Samurai Wallet and Breeze Lightning Wallet, and more coming soon. FastBitcoins offers users the ability to stack sats without giving up too much personal information, and the business never holds customers' Bitcoins. Find Fast Bitcoins vouchers on BitRefill and physical point-of-sale retail outlets in a growing number of places. Check out the FastBitcoins.com interactive map to find the location nearest you. Hello, Bitcoiners. My name is Ansel Linder, and this is Bitcoin and Markets. On this show, we honestly explore Bitcoin to the best of our ability. We take a look at stats, metrics, the tech, and the economics behind it all. My goal is to stay ahead of the curve and to take you along with me. Thanks for joining me. Let's go. All right, Bitcoiners, welcome back to the show. A little bit less of a crazy week this week in Bitcoin. We do, of course, have plenty of stuff to cover. I'll go over the price, mining, lightning, you know, hit on all those fundamentals that I usually talk about. And then on the news side, I have some CME insights. Uh, we talk a little bit about Tether and the dollar. So some mix some macro into there. Okay, so without further ado, let's jump right into the price. All right, guys, let's get into the eToro price talk. eToro is the world's leading social trading platform. You can interact with other traders, follow successful traders, get followed yourself. You can even start with a free demo account. Use my link in the show notes. Currently, the price on Bitstamp is 11213. 11213. We had a pretty volatile week within this range from 12,400 all the way down to 10,000 and then back and forth. We do have lower highs and lower lows, however. So this downtrend that we've kind of been experiencing over the last week and a half is still in place. I do expect some more pain in the future. Altcoins are still overvalued. Uh, people have bought in during this last rally. They have to panic a little bit and sell. People have to get wrecked. This is not going to be easy. A lot of people think that Bitcoin gains are easy. It's hard not to panic <laughs> when you see the price crashing. You just bought in and you're going to panic sell and most likely you're going to panic sell the bottom. So these people that just came in, they're going to have to get wrecked. And that hasn't happened yet. So we know that we're not at the bottom of this, this uh, leg of the market. We've already pulled back over 30%, just slightly over 30% from the blow off top there. When was that? On June 26th to July 1st, we had a 30% pullback. Uh, I think we're going to go lower, though. I think we need more pain. We need to uh, scare those people and cause some panic. If the price does rally here over the weekend, if it passes 12400 then uh, we will have a different market structure, and it'll probably go up from there. That scares me, though, because that means that we're going to have a bigger fall in the future between, say, 6,000 and 10,000. There's not a lot of volume in there. That's a weak spot in the chart. So it scares me if we don't cover that ground now. That means we're probably going to cover it later, and I don't want to see that. We'll just have to see how this plays out. Over the next 24 hours to, say, the end of the weekend, 
my prediction is slightly lower, uh, and then uh, I'm looking for a lower low. Now, will we get down to 8,500 right away? Maybe not. Maybe we'll kind of snake around, kind of go in a descending wedge. That would be a bullish pattern uh, for a, a week, week and a half, and then come up out of that and go to new higher highs. All right, let's talk about mining. Mining has gone crazy. Oh, man. So if you've listened over the last couple weeks, um, I did say that mining would take out a lot of noise out of the price. It lags. You know, uh, if price goes up 50%, hash rate will only go up, say, 10%, uh, but it will continue to go up 10% for several weeks or several difficulty adjustments, uh, even if the price is consolidating or, or retracing some of those gains. So the uh, difficulty in the hash rate does take a lot of noise out of the price. So right now we're seeing in three days, we're estimated to have a difficulty adjustment of plus 12%, another huge increase. You can gain some information from, uh, from this. So if you're new to Bitcoin, the hash rate and the, the difficulty here, uh, it signals to me that the bottom is in. Because the miners have a little bit more information than the rest of us. The price is going up, but it could be a false breakout. But if the miners are also investing money, I mean, the hash rate usually is a lagging indicator, like I say all the time. Um, but if they are now in this mode of adding hash rate and doing all these things, that means all of their inputs and what they are seeing for their revenue models and things, uh, everything is looking bullish. So the, the market, uh, the hash rate following the price at these levels, you know, plus 12% estimated in three days, that's telling me that this is a real breakout, but it's a, takes a little bit of the noise out of the price. I hope that makes sense. So anyway, big news here is the hash rate is blowing out all time highs, uh, signaling that the bull market is in full effect. All right, let's talk about lightning. So I've talked about Lightning Network now for, I don't know, 18 months, something like that, stats on the show. For a long time, I was being really faithful with the numbers, saying them every single episode, and then they came out with this update to the protocol where, by default, the channels and the nodes were private. Uh, and so I stopped reporting on it for just a few weeks, uh, saying that these aren't probably good numbers anymore. You know, we have to look for a different source for this stuff. Uh, but I kind of gave in and continued to state the public numbers and they continued to climb. If they wouldn't, if they would have gone plateau right then, I would have been like, Oh, you know, we got to find a different source immediately, but they continued to go. Now we've over the last two months, we've had this uh, lightning network plateau, uh, about 9,000 nodes, about what 30,000 channels and about a thousand bitcoins in capacity. It was interesting to me uh, because the LND wallet launched uh, on iOS that includes a lightning node and the lightning numbers didn't change. Then I heard some uh, news from Zap Wallet that, uh, you know, they were launching their next version and they had 25,000 active downloads, 25,000. So we're talking 25,000 plus roughly the 2,000, probably 5,000 now on uh, L&Ds. Um, so the amount of nodes is much higher than 9,000. It's much higher than 9,000. All of these are private nodes. So now I'm going to update my 
information for you, and that is I my low end estimate for the number of lightning nodes is thirty thousand. My estimate for the number of channels is around a hundred thousand, and capacity is around three thousand. That's what I believe for the Lightning Network, what it is today. Now, there's no way to check that. It's just an educated guess based off of some things like the download numbers and other things. Uh, I've heard from our new sponsor, Fast Bitcoins. Uh, he said that they've had a 4x increase in um, Lightning transactions in the last month alone. So there's reports as well as the download numbers. That's what I'm going with. So these are the new numbers again, 30,000 nodes, 100,000 channels, and 3,000 capacity. That 3,000 Bitcoins capacity translates into uh, $33 million. So we're a third of the way to my mark of $100 million capacity where we're going to see big time movement in the Lightning Network. So we are growing a lot faster than I thought, but we're still not quite there. So that's my big news for Lightning Network. Thanks to Jack Mahlers and Vortex that kind of pointed my error out there. And uh, hey, Lightning looks really good, especially when you compare it to like the Ethereum apps. So Ethereum apps only have still like twelve to 15,000 users. And I was kind of getting grumpy about that because the Lightning nodes weren't changing from 9,000. Well, now it turns out that the Lightning nodes were changing. I just didn't have the right numbers. So um, yeah, Lightning is three times, at least two times bigger than all of the Ethereum apps combined. So, okay, let's get on to what? What do we have next? Let's hit our broader news items. So uh, in Bitcoin development, we have Liquid from Blockstream having an announcement about their atomic swaps. People new to the show or new to the idea of sidechains, what uh, sidechains are are simply uh, they're a quote-unquote separate blockchain that you can send Bitcoins to a certain address and they get cryptographically locked there and then they release a liquid Bitcoin inside of the sidechain that will have different attributes like they have confidential transactions so there's more anonymity there. Uh, they have... Um, faster block times up to one minute uh, and there's also now this new atomic swap tool so we'll talk about that here sidechains are in direct competition with altcoins in my opinion they can be programmable in any way you want to so you could technically uh, with wrapped bitcoin on ethereum they actually become a sidechain and that's it's interesting to think about it that way uh, but that means that the ETH monetary unit has to devalue considerably. The more wrapped Bitcoin that they have on Ethereum, the more I believe that the Ether price will fall relative to Bitcoin. But anyway, let's talk about this new announcement. This is Atomic Swaps uh, from Blockstream. And now I'll just read this little snippet here. Blockstream's announcement reveals that Atomic Swaps will now be supported for any issued assets such as liquid Bitcoin, tokenized fiat, crypto assets, attested assets, and more, with the company releasing the liquid swap tool configuration guide as part of their developer resources set. So this is a big deal. Again, sidechains, they're getting fleshed out a lot more. The <laughs> Lightning Network, the numbers are deceptively low these public numbers and so the lightning network is much bigger than we know or that we think of and 
So layer two Bitcoin is just growing by leaps and bounds. Man, we're having a big thunderstorm here. Try to get through this here for you guys. Next thing, let's get on to this Tether news. So Tether repaid $100 million of their loan back to Bitfinex. And that's a good thing that builds confidence uh, in the market around Tether. But the other big news around Tether is that Binance has now switched to Ethereum-based Tether. So the underlying asset is the USD in Tether's accounts. Is the USD in Tether's accounts. Um, but you can have these tokens on different uh, networks. So now it was on Omni, which is a Bitcoin derivative. And now it's going to Ethereum. Some of the volume is, for example, there's roughly $1.2 billion worth of Tether on Ethereum now and 2.8 billion on Omni. Uh, Omni's volume is a lot higher having one big transaction every four to five minutes, but the Ethereum side, which just kind of is getting going now, um, has one big transaction every 30 to 60 minutes. I saw sometimes an hour in between large transactions. So uh, it's growing. What does this mean? Well, it brings up liquidity concerns, in my opinion, they are like a tether on Ethereum. Is it, should it be the same value as a tether on Omni? I don't know. Can it, it can't be traded exactly the same way. So there might be some sort of uh, discrepancy in value that actually happens. That would be really bad for tether. So we'll have to see how this, this turns out. Will it cause more inflows into altcoins? Maybe. Maybe. And that's one reason why I think by the end of the year, we will have a more sustained altcoin push. Um, this one that we saw this last week for like 24 hours was nothing. And, um, I don't, you can't call these things. I mean, it's just, uh, crazy things happen. Nothing, no, nothing falls in a straight line. So these altcoins aren't going to fall in a straight line either. I think there will be a sustained, uh, altcoin push sometime this year. All right. Now, CME, guys, remember CME uh, started Bitcoin futures back December 2017, sorry, 2017 at the highs, and they've been slowly gaining in volume. Just recently now, they've, they've hit 1.8, almost $2 billion a day traded on CME. And a lot of people are like, oh, look, we're pumping off of the lows here. We're going up past 12,000 and there's, this is institutional demand. Well, now there's some reports. I got this article from the block and it looks like these CME numbers are not that great. First, the CFTC has the CFTC Jesus. The CFTC has records of Bitcoin futures traders, and the total number is almost half of a year ago. Remember, CBOE stopped their futures, and so their futures products, or at least paused their futures products. So the, the number of traders is actually half of what it was a year ago. Um, but the number of CME traders is at an all-time high, but it's only about 50. So it's not hugely significant. Also, currently there are approximately four asset managers or institutions that have active positions on the CME on a quarterly basis. 
These would be hedge funds, prop trading shops, and other traders making up the bulk of the active traders. And last point here is 75% of short interest is from only two, sorry, is only from four whales. Of course, those are market makers, but that's interesting that 75% of the short side is from four whales. That is not institutional demand. That is uh, some big whales creating this market and trying to pump price, in my opinion. So yes, CME looks good here, but this is not quite the institutional demand we're looking for. And that does support my thesis of this is not the breakout. This is not the breakout pump. We are still ha We still have six months or so of consolidation left. Probably in these kind of general, this general area of price between 10,000 and 15,000, but we'll see. We'll take it as it comes. All right. Last item I have here is a dollar discussion. So, um, let's take a look at the DXY chart. I have this, of course, on the fundamentals report. Sign up for that at bitcoinandmarkets.com. But we had a big surge here over the last few days. So, um, over the last two weeks, we saw a deep, sharp decrease in the strength of the dollar versus the other major currencies. Then we had a bounce here back up above the 200 daily moving average and that it was kind of hovering right on there. Trump tweets that we are going to uh, continue fighting this currency war. And if other central banks are going to be printing, we're going to be printing something in uh, of that nature. And what happens? The dollar appreciates. It gets, it goes up in value instead of depreciating. The exact opposite of, I think, what Trump wanted to happen. Uh, they want to jawbone the dollar down. They don't want to jawbone the dollar up. So this is interesting. Of course, they'll, it'll be, I don't know when they'll figure out that if you have accommodation and you're really priming the pump, that it helps your economy. Therefore, it helps the demand of your currency and therefore the price of your currency goes up or the, the value of your currency goes up until something breaks. Okay. That, that's, I've been saying that for a couple of weeks and maybe people get the idea that I'm saying that, you know, all things are good if this is how it works, but no, it, it works that way because it's broken and it will, it will work that way until it completely collapses, which is coming. So anyway, we have the doll, the DXY now above the 97 handle and uh, it's hitting the top of what seems to be maybe a something of a downward sloping channel bumping up on the top of that right now. We'll have to see that develop over the next couple weeks. Uh, the big support below the dollar right now is the 200 week and 200 day moving averages. Uh, if those can support the price, we could see further upside, but I am on record calling for a weaker dollar, more inflation. So I'll be watching this closely and I'll keep you updated as well as I can. And I'm going to wrap it there today, guys. This thunderstorm is pretty loud in the background. Sorry about that. If you'd like to support the show, bitcoinmarkets.com forward slash support. Join the Patreon. Join the Discord. There's lively discussion there. We can continue this discussion over there on Discord. If you'd like, get the newsletter. All good things. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.